like, you know, when you have those nightmares or those dreams where you see something that you've been waiting for for a long time and it's like terrible. This is the complete <laughs> opposite of that. Hey, everybody, and welcome to a very special episode of the Invincible Podcast, where we are joined by none other than Robert Kirkman. Hey, everybody. Happy hey. to be here. Very exciting. Very exciting time for all Invincible fans. So, uh, yeah, let's get into it. It is. Very it exciting. is. So we're recording this a little bit before, but when it comes up, we are less than a week away from the series actually coming out for everybody from March 26th here. How is this yeah. feeling? How is this feeling that like people are seeing it? People are watching it. I mean, we've we've seen the first three episodes now. So how does it feel to, you know, finally get it out there and hear what people are thinking? I think it's a big relief. I mean, this is something that we've been working on for years. And uh, the ramp up to this launch has just been getting bigger and bigger. And watching the anticipation for it grow is very exciting. And uh, watching my Twitter feed uh, shift from like 90% Walking Dead, 10% Invincible to 90% Invincible, 10% oh Walking Dead is, is pretty that. exciting. Uh, so uh, uh, so yeah, it's it's uh, it's really great. I'm glad the moment's finally here, and I'm I'm just really excited to be you know sharing this show with the audience. Like I can't wait for people to get to see it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you you talked about like the ramp up. One thing that that. Um, Mike Barrett and Mitch Crasson even like wrote in and, and wanted to know, and we all wanted to know was, you know, it, it's been kind of a long road and a difficult 2020 with COVID that's sure, still, yeah. that's still out there. Um, how has that affected the production and did, did it cause any delays in the process or? Uh, yeah, I mean, it, it, you know, you definitely would have gotten this show a little bit sooner uh, if it hadn't been for uh, for COVID. Uh, you know, we had a lot of you know marketing plans around Comic Con and uh, you know launch plans that uh, ended up not coming to fruition um, just because the entire production had to alter the way it worked. I mean, we had teams in Los Angeles, in Vancouver, and in uh, South Korea, uh, you know, working in offices uh, on wow. this show. And, uh, uh, you know, when it hit it, uh, I mean, it, I think it affected, uh, South Korea first, uh, uh, that's when they started, you know, changing mm-hmm. things up. Uh, but everybody had to switch to work from home. So you had animators that were actually, you know, working on scenes that had to, uh, you know, get the technology to take their, you know, work environments from the office and, and rebuild them, uh, in their, uh, you know, living space and and uh, and then keep going so there was a, a big transition where we had to shift to that and once we shifted to that unlike uh you know live production where you you know can't just film all the actors individually in their houses to do like a live action show um you know we were able to get ramped back up and and you know kind of produce the show uh without any kind of uh, hiccups or anything but uh, there was a transition period where we lost a, a number of weeks and that did affect the the schedule but i really have to give it to everybody i mean they you know really rolled their sleeves up and figured out how to get it done and and uh you know really uh, work to make sure that the show was everything it can be and you know here we are thankfully mm-hmm. here we are i mean you could see some of that too i mean you look at it we had uh what was it? The free comic book day issue should have been last April. I mean, 
Yeah. You know, that was almost a year yeah. ago. And it's like, here's this thing promoting this. Uh, so, I mean, I think people could put the pieces together about how things shifted. But yeah, that here. was frustrating because it was like, oh, the free comic book day book will come out in early May. And then people will get their first glimpse of, you know, actually seeing yeah. uh, some screenshots and designs for the show. And, uh, you know, free comic book day books are actually printed in uh, February usually. And so uh, because I guess the distribution is different and every retailer has to make sure that it's it's there for that event. And so Diamond, uh, the comic distributor, uh, forces you to have those books done extremely far in advance. And so those things were just sitting in a warehouse waiting to be distributed. And then it was like, are we having a free comic book day? Like, what's oh my going gosh. on? Like, I mean, there were, you Crazy. know, getting into the pandemic, there were a few months <laughs> like, will there be comics again? You know, like it was, it was scary for a few weeks. Uh, yeah. But, uh, uh, but yeah, so it was, uh, you know, best laid plans kind of situation. So I, I'm curious and a couple other fans are curious as well. Now you've obviously been involved with the walking dead production and you actually have, there's another animated show that's on Amazon Prime, Super Dinosaur. Um, so you've had you you've had a connection with animation that way. But how is developing a show for animation different from like the live action forum? Like, have you seen like is it majorly different with all the different parts? Because it seems like from talking to a, a couple different people that just like edit one panel, it sounds like there's so many people that have their hands on it that it's just so much different. Well, I mean, that's similar to live action. Um, you know, everything's done in pieces and, you know, everybody has their hand in it to, to make sure that this massive undertaking gets done. Um, I think that uh, uh, creative wise, there's uh, there's not no limitations, but there are fewer limitations to animation. And, uh, you know, once you've seen the show, I think uh, people will understand uh you know, just the, the crazy scope and scale of this show that animation provides us. And so I think that that's, you know, why we had to do this series uh, in animation to mm-hmm. adapt the comic books as closely as we are adapting them. And, you know, there are some significant changes here and there, but uh, for the most part, all the broad strokes are very much intact. And uh, uh, to be able to do that, you, you know, almost have to work in animation. And so, uh you know, I think that's a, a real benefit to that. Um, but uh, uh, as far as the development process goes, I mean, I, I very much tried, uh, you know, not to limit myself. I mean, there are, um, you know, working on Walking Dead, there would be things where it'd be like, all right, you know, yeah, you know, there's like a thousand zombies busting through this thing. And they'll be like, how about 200? You know, and you're like, oh, you know, it'd be cooler if it was a thousand, but, you know, I can try and make it work with 200. And then, you know, they're going to film it and they're like, ah, you know, a bunch of people got sick. So we have 13 guys today. And you're like, oh, oh all right, cool. Um, <laughs> But uh, uh, and that doesn't happen often, but uh, uh, there are things like that, that that do happen from time to time. And so as a writer, I would get frustrated, uh, you know, sometimes with the production process of, you know, like like you you in the writer's room, the story is this and then you have a production meeting and the story becomes this. And I'm making hand motions where things that are big get smaller. For people <laughs> who are actually listening to the podcast instead of staring at me in the room where I record this. Uh, <laughs> and so, uh, uh, you know, when I set out to do Invincible, I was like, you know, we're not going to hold anything back like we're you know just gonna go crazy and uh that resulted in a lot of really tired animators but, uh, <laughs> it also resulted in a really cool show so mm-hmm. so yeah it's, it's uh, i'm very excited how how long would you say is like production from like the start of production to the end of post-production for season one 
Well, I mean, we did a lot of pre-production and things that, uh, you know, you have to do when you're starting a new show that, uh, so like, you know, it's, it's roughly three years, but that doesn't mean every season is going to take three years moving forward. Right. Uh, but, uh, but yeah, I mean, there's a lot of development and staffing and, you know, different things and, you know, animation tests and, uh, things that, that all have to take place that, uh, you know, take up a lot of time. So it, 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 it is a lot more time consuming than live action. Yeah. Right. I got a couple questions here that I think work well together. I want to read these. We got the first one from Mike Carter, which he, he asked, uh, did going into both um, uh, Invincible and Walking Dead, did you know exactly what you wanted to change or did it develop more as a process in the writer's room or were there changes uh, or were these changes more um, uh, plot based? Uh, but then Sunbreaker Entertainment wanted to know, how did it feel revisiting the beginning of this story again? Was it pure nostalgia or could you not help yourself but see flaws, even if they were not there and, <laughs> and things you wish you did huddle. differently? You know, what I mean, so like how much how how did you feel about making these changes and were they changes that you've been wanting to make all along? Kind of I think where they're both kind of. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think, um, um, you know, there's 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 little things that I, that I won't go into, but yeah, there's little tweaks and, and enhancements and things like that. Um, there, there are, I guess, flaws and things that I didn't think worked very well that, that I wanted to fix. Uh, but I think more than that, when you, uh, you know, take something that, uh, you know, exists and you go to adapt it, you, you want to update it and you want to improve it. And, uh, mm -hmm. one of the benefits that we have in the animated series is that, uh, the 144 issues of Invincible are actually done, you know, and that's something we didn't even have with Walking Dead. With Walking Dead, I was still very much in the run when we started that show. But for this series, um, you know, we're, we know what the end point is. We know what the midpoint is. We know everything that happens in between. Um, and, and we are able to sit back and go, okay, well, let's go through this segment faster. Let's go through this segment slower. Uh, it might actually make more story sense if plot B takes place before plot A, um, you know, and, and we can take, uh, you know, there are episodes where we'll take a, uh, a long running subplot that ran through 144 issues and we'll go, okay, well, these four bits that took place at issue, you know, 12, 19, 23 and 44, mm -hmm. uh, you know, will make sense if they all happen in one episode. And then we'll kind of, uh, uh, cram it all together. And, uh, you know, it, 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 it gives you the opportunity to tell the same story, but yeah. you're telling it in a clearer way, a more succinct way or a more cohesive way that, uh, uh I think will hopefully make the storytelling a, a little bit better. And that's just because we get to sit back and look at that full yeah. 144 issues and yeah. go, okay, you know, like, let's turn these dials here and move this here and do that. I will say as as a fan of the comic, hearing something like that can give you a little bit of a fear like, oh, man, you're going to take these things that, that that happens way later, though, and that happens much sooner. So you're uh -huh. going to put it into only one. If I if 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 what we've seen in the first three episodes, any examples of that that I may have seen, it's it works. And like you said, it's yeah. more concise, it's more clear and, and it's done in a way that makes sense. And it's it's done really well. I feel like we should yeah, say, too, think, like I think one of the I'm I'm talking right now. I'm sorry. TJ, I'll just go. Put I'll just your head down. Look down. Look down, TJ. <laughs> That's better. Much better. And now I forgot what I was going to say. No, but I was going to say, uh, uh, 
I think one of the charms of the Invincible series and the thing that people liked a lot in the comics is that the subplots were there. Mm-hmm. And I'm not saying we're getting rid of subplots by yeah. moving a bunch of pieces of a subplot into one episode. Um, you know, those little dangling threads where, you know, we have something completely disconnected happen in a show and, or in, in, an, in an issue. And you're like, I don't know what that means. I don't know why we saw that. Uh, I guess we'll find out later. And then four issues later, it's like, oh, that's what that is. Or wait, yeah. there's another piece of it, but I still don't quite know what that is. Um, that's a lot of fun. And uh, we're definitely still going to have a lot of that in the show. Um, it's possible that by taking things from the comic and, and cleaning them up and compacting them a little bit, it'll give us more room to do new things in the show, which I'm very excited about because, mm-hmm. uh, you know, it's fun to get back into the Invincible universe and, and add some some new stuff to it, which we are doing uh, from time to time. Uh, but we're not going to lose that very integral element of Invincible by doing that. And, and now, TJ, you can talk. I apologize. That was a little. Oh, weird. thank you. Oh. Uh, no, I was just going to say, like, obviously, like we said, it's it's a month away um, for us anyways, before the show comes out. We were able to see the first three episodes and coming from like diehard fans of Invincible, obviously, we're the Invincible podcast, who are not employed by Skybound in any way. We loved it. You have nothing to worry about. Like, it was <laughs> it was perfect. There are changes. I mean, there are minor changes here and there, but it keeps the heart of Invincible. It expands on the best parts. We, I mean, all, speaking for the, all three of us, we we loved it, and no one has anything, anything to worry about. So... so yeah. Getting back to, to 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 the writing of it, though, so you you I think you this was previously uh, previously announced. You wrote the season premiere and the finale, or just the premiere? Yes. I wrote them. I wrote yeah. I wrote the premiere and the finale. Awesome. And and I know we talked a little bit about comparing it to live action. Is there anything you know? Th- this is an hour long animated. Do you think that that was a benefit? Like that, like, okay, I have this much room to tell this story as opposed to, all right, let's just do, you know, 20 half hour ones. Cause that's a little bit more like maybe adapting a comics. I know that one issue is probably going to fit well into that half hour slot, but one hour, I mean, I could tell you, we, we we're watching an episode of this and around that half hour point, we're like, my God, there is so much here. This is a lot. And it's in a good way. <laughs> Yeah, I mean that's the idea. I mean, we just wanted to do something different. I, I wanted, uh, I wanted this to feel like a cable drama, you know, which is which is an hour long format. I, I wanted it to be animated so that we could do the different things that animation allows us to do. But I didn't want that to box us into the twenty two minute half hour format mm-hmm. um, because. You know, you, you've seen that before, but, uh, uh, you know, I wanted this to feel, you know, this should feel like an episode of The Boys or an episode yeah. of, you know, Game of Thrones or, or Walking Dead or, or whatever. It just happens to be animated. Um, and so uh, so I think it's I, I don't know. I feel like, uh, uh, you know, it benefited us tremendously to have that, uh, you know, full length of each episode uh, to explore this world. I mean, there's. Uh, you know, you guys know there's a thousand different characters and a thousand mm-hmm. different storylines that we're trying to get to. And this is a very complex, uh, you know, interwoven story that, that you know, spans a, a, a vast era of time. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so, um, you know, you need those episodes to, to really dig into it. I feel like we'd be giving people kind of a short trip if we were to just do half hour animated, you know, typical yeah. animated episodes. Yeah. 
All right. Yeah. Uh, I got one from, I, mean, I was <laughs> like, no, TJ will certainly take this. I uh, know. Uh, and then I've got one from Frank Silva. He says, did you play a big role in casting decisions? Did you have a list of actors or actresses that you really wanted to get for this show? So this, I mean, the cast is outrageous. I mean, we've been talking yeah. about this for like a year now. It's unbelievable. I don't know how you guys did this. Um, it, it, so is there someone specifically that you sought out? I mean, well, I mean, uh, Stephen Yun was, I think, the the key get, uh, yeah. and he was the first person we talked to. And um, you know, he actually came in during the development process and did some voice work for some test animation and things like that, just as a favor to me. Okay. Uh, and I, I even, yeah, you know, I didn't even know if we were going to be able to get him for the series. I was like, you know, I really want you for this, but you know, I understand you're real busy, and I appreciate you helping me out. But uh, you know, and he was like, oh no, you know, like I, you know, if I if I got time, I'll do it. And, uh, uh, and then we ended up getting him. And I think that was, that was key because I, you know, he's just, in my opinion, he's like the, the perfect mark. Uh, and then being able to build a cast around him, uh, you know, was very easy. I mean, once you start telling people, well, you know, Stephen Young's in the show, like people get excited about that. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, um, you know, I've said before that, uh, you know, like I, I kind of have a vague notion of how Alan the alien talks, you know, when mm -hmm. I'm writing the comic. Um, but it's not so solidified that there's only one actor on the planet that, that could do it. And, and that actor is Ed O'Neill, you know, like <laughs> and someone says, well, we can't get Ed O'Neill. And I'm like, well, Fooey, I don't want to do this. Like, yeah, I, yeah. That's the perfect talent. I can't do that. Um, but, uh, uh, you know, when, when someone is like, Hey, you know, Seth Rogen might be interested in, in doing this. Uh, you know, it's like my idea of how Alan speaks is, is, uh, you know, somewhat vague, but then I, I start to think like, oh, well, okay, Seth Rogen's voice. Oh, wait, 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 no, no, that's exactly, exactly what, what I want. That's, that's, that's yeah. perfect. That's, that's amazing. Like this has to happen. Um, and so, um, you know, it's not like we, we sought out people, you know, like, oh, this person has to do this. This person has to do this. It was a, a very typical casting process where they're like, you know, I, I, I think we can get J.K. Simmons. And you're like, no, we can't. <laughs> That's never going to happen in a million years. I'm not getting my hopes up. Uh, and then it, and then it happens. And then one day they call and they're like, hey, Mark Hamill's interested in doing this. And you're like, what? No way. No way is this going to so work did, out. So did this uh, just kept happening to you? Like every, you know, week or so, they would be like, hey, uh, yeah, you ended up getting Michael Dorn. And it's like, like every time. Yeah. Well, no, I mean, Michael Dorn, it's like, it's like, I just, I feel like, like the perfect thing, you know, Battle Beast, I think was a case of like, I just, you know, we really need to get like a yeah. Michael Dorn kind of guy. And they were like, well, what about Michael Dorn? And I was like, and then, and then, you know, we were able to bring him in, um, you know, uh, have we, have we revealed this? I think, I don't know, like Reginald Bill Johnson does the voice of the principal. Of, of, of oh, the school? No. Of Reginald that Dungeons is, and Hobbs? No. That's, that's amazing. That is amazing. That is amazing. <laughs> that, is, <laughs> that is awesome. I'm sure that'll be revealed by the time this goes up, but that's perfect. I'm we'll so glad. Breaking ground here. But but yeah, it's stuff like that that would happen where we were just like, this is this is the craziest thing in the world. Like, I can't believe this is coming together. That's wow. insane. Huh. Um, so uh, our friend Wyatt Lane... Um, who does all of our music for us. He's, he has a question about the music in in the series, which was incredible. And, and yeah. the way it makes 
big mo like moments that you wouldn't think would be iconic. It's it makes it iconic. It's great. So a question that he has is how much development did did you have in in the music? Was he given um, uh, John Pisano? Was he given any direction as to how to make it more like invincible like? Yeah, I think um, um, so. We sat down with John and and uh, just to be one hundred percent transparent and honest here. Um, it was just like, there's a lot of superhero stuff out there. Let's try to avoid what, you know, people normally expect as a, a superhero score. And then I stopped talking because I am somewhat musically stupid. <laughs> and so for me to be like, I think Invincible Music would be like this, uh, would just be a disservice to someone as talented as John. So, I mean, I really, you know, like uh, uh, Simon Rassiopa, uh, uh, our head writer on the show, um, you know, was was involved as well. And you know, we were getting like different takes of things and stuff like that in, um, uh, and given our thoughts and things like that. But for the most part, John just kind of ran with it and, uh, cool. you know, you see what we ended up with. It was absolutely amazing. But yeah, I mean, I, I'm very, uh, you know, very much about giving, you know, talented people, uh, as much freedom as possible to, you know, do what it is that you brought them in to do. I think that, uh, uh, giving people too much direction, mm-hmm. um, you know, and sometimes box them in and make them, uh, you know, not think of the things that they would think if you just go, Hey, go crazy and let's see what happens. Yeah. You did, you, you mentioned, um, Stephen Young being perfect and I, I'm bringing this back. He was, and I, I'm, I don't think the trailers did it justice. He is so good as Mark, man. It, it really is great. Um, no, he's spectacular and, um, he's just so thoughtful as an actor. Um, you know, he, he's read the entire run of the comic and uh, I think he did like maybe two or three lines of dialogue in the first recording session. And, and then he kind of pulled me aside and he was like, I, 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 I'm trying to play him really, really naive because I know where the character goes and I want to be able to like portray oh his like heightened awareness as he moves through this world. So I'm trying to start him here so that by the end of season one, I can bring him here. And by the in you know, by the next season and next season, you know, I can, I can, I have places to go with the character. Uh, and, and I was like, no, like, <laughs> I was like what? <laughs> uh, it, was, it was just amazing. And just to know how much craft he like puts into every single role and just all the different angles that he's thinking of, uh, when he, uh, you know, does the voice work was, was really kind of, uh, stuff. I was just yeah, like, yeah thank you. Thank you. Oh, that's, that sounds great. What, what's really great is uh, you watch Stephen Yun in The Walking Dead, and we watch Final Space where he's little Kato, this little cat, and um, <laughs> and this is and this is completely different. And honestly, I don't even hear Stephen Yun. I don't see him. I see Mark. Like he just he is so perfect for that role. Ryan, you said like the trailers you know, are just really quick. And, and there's just like one or two sentence dialogue things, two words, three Out words. But when you, yeah. But when you get like a, an actual moment, like we're just like, holy shit. Like, <laughs> all right, I'm in, I'm in. That's it. I'm in. I'm totally yeah. in. So, so when you said Robert, that you kind of built it around him, that was a fucking great decision. Like, because he is Mark, like he's so Mark. It's so perfect. Yeah, no, I mean, he, he has tremendous range and the fact that he loses himself in this role so well uh, yeah. is a real, you know, service to this show and, and you know, like to know a character for 16 years and, you know, month in and month out be writing the character and then to be in mm-hmm. a room with a human 
thing and have them go, Hey, uh, this is what this guy sounds like. And, uh, I was thinking this and you're like, Whoa, I never, you know, considered that. And Oh my gosh, I'm being introduced to this character I've known for, you know, almost two decades, uh, is, is a, is a fun experience. And it, and it really as a creator, like makes you, uh, just really comfortable, like knowing that, you know, you've made the right decisions and you're, you're on the right path and the show is in good hands and it's, it's really spectacular. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was going to ask what that was like, too. The fact that, like, here you go, you've got all these people to play in this toy box that you've created that you've had all to yourself all these years in the comic book, not to yourself. You've had Corey and Ryan as well. But like now it's you've got a lot of people whose hands are in this and making it their own and taking it, you know, from the animators to, you know, even people at Amazon. I mean, you've got a lot of people playing with Invincible now. Um, I mean, how's that feel? It's a, it's, it's, I mean, it's, it's great. It's extremely gratifying. It's a lot of fun. Uh, it's humbling to see how invested, like everybody gets into this kind of stuff. And, and, uh, it's, it's, uh, uh, you know, it's something that I've experienced a few times on, on different projects. And so it's, it's always something that you have to kind of get used to. Um, I think a weird thing that happens, uh, I hope this comes off the right way. Um, is like, uh, uh, like, like, you know, I'll do it this way. So I, I go to Eric Larson's house and Eric Larson, uh, who did the Savage Dragon, um, you know, is, is one of my favorite comic book creators of all time. And I've always loved Savage Dragon and he's got original art, like just stacked all over the place. And because he drew it, they're pieces of paper to him. So it's like going to Leonardo da Vinci's studio and him being like, ah, the Mona Lisa, like what? Happened? <laughs> like throwing it in a corner. Um, you know, like he... He like puts his elbow on these original art. He's like talking to me like, ah, yeah, blah, 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 blah. And I'm just like, oh, you know, like whatever. Uh, and I think that uh, uh, that's something that I experience when I'm, uh, you know, working with people adapting my own material, like on The Walking Dead, uh, especially early on, I'd be like, I don't care. Kill him. Like, it'll be great. Like, you know, people won't expect it. They'll be like, I thought Rick Grimes is going to be in this show for many, many seasons and he just dies in episode two. Cool. Let's do that. And everybody's like, no, 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 no. Like, what are you, what are you talking about? You lunatic. Uh, and so it's uh, uh, it's it's great because when you do this stuff, you get surrounded by all these people that uh, uh you know, like, like are a little bit more careful than you oh, are. You that's know, interesting. Like I, I, uh, uh, I'm very comfortable with invincible and I feel very strongly about how the 144 issues went. And, uh, you know, I've learned a little bit of lessons from walking dead very early on in walking dead. I would be that reckless guy that was like, ah, let's blow it up. See what happens. It'll be a lot of fun. I mean, we did it in the comics. Let's do it different. Let's see what mm-hmm. happens. Um, I'm a little bit more controlled, uh, on invincible, but, uh, uh, it's great to see like people that, you know, it's, it's not that they care about it more than I do. I think they just think it's a little bit more fragile than I do. And so they take mm-hmm. a little extra level of care with it. Uh, and, and that's a lot. That, that's really uh, great to see. I think the three of us can completely understand where you're coming from. Like, please, God, you know, don't 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 change anything. You know what I mean? Like, what, what I, what <laughs> I think is something. <laughs> what what I course. think is cool and what I think works is that, like you said, Robert, there was an end. Like Invincible was ended at 144. So you knew where it was going to go. And if I'm assuming you knew that if you, if you changed this way that you still had to get here probably. So I feel like maybe it, was it easier? I mean, I think you already probably answered that question, but maybe having more control because it was just like, you know, in these four little, these four little walls complete. Yeah. I mean, it'll be a lot easier to talk about after the first season is completed, but uh, you know, there are things where, um, you know, like it took us nine steps to get there in the comic. But if you really sit back, you only need four of those steps. And so it mm-hmm. makes things a little bit more streamlined. Yeah. Um, and there's things where it's like, 
okay, this happened to this person and I was very sad when that happened or I was very scared when that happened, but I would be so much more sad or so much more scared if this also happened. And so then that's kind of like turning the dial. Like, you know, like it was like a, it was, it was at a six in the comic book. Let's see if we can get it to a nine in the show. Uh, and that's, that's a lot of fun. Just, you know, kind of just adding some spice to the recipe to, to heighten moments that we knew worked in the comic book, but we might Mm -hmm. be able to make them work better in the show. Nice. I thought it was interesting Uh, that you, you go ahead, Bill. No, no, go ahead. Go ahead. I'll shut up this time. Go ahead. Okay, cool. I was just going to say that, uh, uh, Stephen reading the entire, uh, run, um, I don't think by any means it's necessary for any of the actors to have read a lot, but is there any interesting stories out there of Oscar award winning actors reading Invincible that like, did any of them actually like read a good chunk of it or is it mostly just some direction in the booth kind of thing? Yeah, I mean, they were all given the comic and, and uh, you know, I, I working on Walking Dead, you know, I know not to ask, you know, I'm not, yeah, not going to yeah. quiz, like, how many issues did you read? Yeah. Like, <laughs> Um, but, uh, uh, and, and, and it really doesn't, I mean, they, they exactly. read all the scripts and, and a lot of actors I've talked to, like, you know, um, it's it, acting is an extremely difficult process and, uh, uh, you have to like, you know, be in a certain mindset and you have to like, not only know your lines, but know like what your character is thinking and how your character is feeling and, you know, the world that exists around it. And when you're voice acting, you have to build all that kind of stuff in your head. You don't have sets and things like that to help you out. And, uh, uh, you know, I have experienced, uh, you know, on walking dead end on this, like people that are like, I can't read more than what's in this script because if I know, you know, that like, think of it like this. If, if someone has like a really dramatic emotional scene, but they know that they're eventually okay because they know that like 10 issues away, like something else happens and everything's mm-hmm. fine. Like it's very hard for them to have that authentic moment in the acting. And so they do like very much to be a little bit more laser focused. Hmm. Uh, that said, Manzukas is a huge invincible fan and, you know, is always, you know, he was talking to me about the book uh, well before he was cast. Yeah. Um, awesome. And there's, there, you know, there's a few people on the cast that are, that are fans, but I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna pinpoint everybody. Yeah. Yeah. Um, no, that's just, I don't cool. think Walt Goggins read shit. <laughs> <laughs> nice. That, I, that's, that's such a cool answer, Robert. Like, I think as fans of something, you always want everybody to have read everything, but I don't think I, I feel like I'm too naive and ignorant to think that way. You know what I mean? That like, this is an artistic process and that makes it that much more believable. So I feel like I have more respect for people not reading things for that reason. Mm-hmm. I, I, I think it's, it's for a lot of people's process, it's almost essential. And, yeah. um, you know, I, 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 you know, I do a lot of panels at conventions and a lot of the actors beforehand, especially when it's the first panel for a show, will be like, well, what are these, how will these fans realize, like react if they, if I, if I say I haven't, you know, like read this comic or that I yeah. wasn't a fan of this comic before I was cast. Like, that's another thing. Like a lot of people in interviews will be like, were you a fan of this before you were cast? And it's like, so you want to punish them because they just yeah. didn't have to hear about this yeah. thing? Yeah. yeah. A lot of these people aren't comic book fans and, and, and a lot of actors are, you know, working nonstop. I mean, you yeah. know, think about The Rock. You think The Rock has read a uh, a Black Adam comic book? <laughs> he's working on this movie. He's, he's pumping iron like for seven yeah. hours a day. <laughs> uh, uh, but I think that uh, you know they get so invested. I mean, I have had actors on Walking Dead pull me aside in filming and be like, 
ask me questions that I've never even considered. I had a conversation with Andrew Lincoln about Rick Grimes' family and how he grew up and and what kind of household he grew up in and uh, you know what his family life was as a child. And he was like, I always felt that Rick grew up this way and that his life was like this and that informed his character this way and turned him into this kind of person as an adult. And I just went, yep, <laughs> yep. That's exactly what I – I've never considered that in a million years. Wow. That's because you know I'm writing the comic every month. I work on the TV show. I'm always working on the story that I'm telling. But for an actor to embody that character, they have to come up with like who that person is and it helps them. And uh, it was amazing to be sitting, you know, talking to, you know, Andrew Lincoln. Andrew Lincoln didn't know Walking Dead existed until he got a casting call. And, and, and they were like, would you be interested in this? And I remember, you know, he's told this story many times in public. Like he he, he wasn't really going to take it. And his brother was actually a or brother-in-law. I can't remember. It was a comic book fan and was like, you have to take this role. And he was like, I don't know. And he went to a comic shop, picked up a couple issues. But like, not a fan. You know, yeah. this is all for him. But yet I'm on a set with him a year later and he's telling me something profound about my character that he's playing that I've never in a million years considered. So you can't argue that he is infinitely more invested in Rick Grimes as a character than I ever was. Yeah. Um, wow. And that's, that's very flattering and also humbling and a little bit embarrassing. But, uh, you know, it is, the, it is the truth. I mean, these these actors and, you know, very much everybody on Invincible, you could say this about them. Uh, you know, they're in the recording booth asking questions. But, you know, I have to fake my way through sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> but that's also a sign of, of, a, of a real character, too, that, 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 that this is a, yes. a, you know, the depth of a character that, you know, that, you know, it can be shared and grown but I think it's, I mean, that's I think the most fun of the process for me, because uh, in comics, you collaborate, you know, with brilliant artists, you know, Corey Walker, Ryan Otley, uh, they, they uh, you know, transform your bullshit half assed scripts into amazing visuals that you get to go. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's what I pictured. That's good. That's perfect. Um, you know, and then when you work on a production and you have actors involved in everything, they take it to uh, an entirely other level. Um, there's been countless times where you know i've written a line of dialogue that's being recorded and i hear it recorded and i'm like i didn't mean i didn't mean for it to be said that way and i wasn't picturing that line of dialogue having that much meaning mm-hmm. but uh man these people are making me look good <laughs> uh, and, it, and it's very moving to to you know have that extra level of collaboration and see what they bring to these roles it's 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 just uh, uh it's an amazing process. That's awesome. Yeah. I think it's good. It it brings out the best of of your writing, but it also adds to theirs too. Like you were talking about Jason Manzukis, who like kind of freestyles things and and says it, but they're also asking questions too. I think that's that that's what. I mean, again, we've only seen the first three episodes, but it was enough to know that it's it's special. And you. Mm-hmm. And you- Lunatic, like he'll you'll give him like a four or five word line and he'll give you like three sentences back and 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 he's always like is that okay is that okay and and you know he you know gives you what's written and then he just runs wild and so it's really just a gift you know you get back into the editing and you're like okay i can pick this amazing line or this amazing line or this amazing line um but uh but yeah it's it's uh it's it's crazy what he brings to the table 
And uh, before we wrap up, I definitely want to give a shout out to how great it looks. I mean, the character designs, Corey did an excellent job on that. The animation, this, this uh, I, I wasn't sure how much CG would be used, how much would be the, the you know, the animation, uh, more traditional style. And it looks so sharp. Uh, again, trailers don't quite do it justice until you're seeing it and your eyes adjust to something for that long mm-hmm. uh, of an episode. And I think uh, I, I have to really say like it, it, it looks really unique too. Yeah. Because Corey is bringing his flavor to it and, and you know, Dude, it, not a lot of shows that have his kind of style. Like yeah. it has a, a very unique look. And I'll also say, uh, uh, you know, Corey, you know, had a great team with him. He actually worked with uh, Do Hong, who is an amazing character designer and another guy named uh, Nate Bellegarde, who you guys may no remember. Hey! Adam Eve and Rex Blode miniseries. Yeah. Uh, he was very much a big part of the character design. Um, there's some specific things I could point out that are really cool that, that Nate did. I'll say that Nate was kind of our uh, our, our blood guru. He would be uh, uh, anytime. <laughs> I, think, I think the way he put it in a – I think he did an Instagram post recently about like saying that he had worked on Invincible and he uh, uh, turned people uh, into uh, uh, meat particles. I can't remember exactly what his wording was, but uh, he was very much uh, – you know, this this guy's been ground up in a in a uh, you know lawnmower. Like, how does that look, Nate? Yeah. And then he would uh, he would do that. Yeah, there you go. That's, I think that's, of, that's I, you say suit. Nate Bellegarde, and I think of him. Uh, yeah. Rex Blode blowing someone's head off, yeah. and uh, he can do gore. He can do blood. So you say oh, yeah. that, and I can absolutely see it, man. That's amazing. Oddly enough, I literally just had this sitting right next to my computer, but he drew that for me. Oh, that's Nate. awesome. Yeah, look at that. Yeah. Um, Nate's great. Coincidence. Um, so yeah, so I guess we're going to wrap it up there then because, uh, oh, actually I did want to have a couple quick questions because, uh, uh, a lot of people ask these questions and I thought I'd give you a chance to answer. So yes, (laughs) spitfire spitfire questions. Yeah. Some quick, I reserve the right to not answer any of these, but they could be yes or no. So you could just say no. Okay. Can you say if we'll see any tie in comics introduced like Wolfman or tech jacket, Brit? Uh, I mean, it would be nice. I think that in success, I would love to be able to also do an astounding Wolfman show and a tech yes. jacket show and actually have like a, a universe of animated, you know, invincible universe characters That's on here. That's great. Uh, can you, you, gotta, you say you got to watch, watch this show on a loop? Yeah, uh, right. Uh, 24 hours a day, every day. We will. Can you say if there's a theme song? Uh, well, you guys have seen it. You're, you're just asking me, um, you know, I, how, how, how is the best way to answer this? No, no. I don't know. I'd I, say traditionally, <laughs> there's not a traditional theme song. Yeah. I mean, we, I, I didn't want to waste a lot of running time yeah. with any kind of like long drawn out, uh, thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. so we have, a, we have a very modern stylish, uh, stylish, uh, uh, title sequence that is, uh, very brief, I'll say. Yeah. <laughs> And then uh, can you say whether or not we will see yourself, Cory Walker, or Ryan Otley animated? Uh, no. Okay. That's Definitely a, that's, not. That's a, I, a no you can't say? Or no, you're not in there. I don't, I, I don't know. Corey. Might have slipped something in there. Stuff. I'm not really into that stuff. I yeah. mean... There's definitely, I mean, there's friends of Corey's that make cameos uh, that, that, you know, that he just drew in. Um, 
you know, there's there's little things, uh, you know, that, that we all get to look at and, 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 and laugh that no one else will notice. <laughs> um, but uh, I don't know, like drawing ourselves in there just seems yeah. so self-serving that, that we mm-hmm. did it. Yep. But, I have another I have I another Spitfire quick question. Sure. Can, can you say if uh, there are plans to involve Simon Pegg and Nick Frost in oh any my way? Gosh. Um, I would love to do that. We weren't able to do that for the first season. That seems like such a no-brainer, man. They seem like they'd be so in on that. For anybody that's wondering why I'm asking, they are diehard Invincible fans, so. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, if you Mm -hmm. haven't seen the movie Paul, there's a lot of of Invincible stuff in that. Yeah. Well, thank you for everybody that uh, sent in your questions, and uh, keep an eye out because we're going to be releasing episodes where we talk about every episode of the Invincible uh, animated series, which gets confusing because we talk about episodes talking about episodes, but episodes on episodes coming out soon. Uh, (laughs) So thank you everybody for listening. And thanks again, Robert, for joining us. This was a lot of fun. This is great. Thanks, everybody. Invincible. Bye. Yes. Here we go. To do episode 100, right? I mean, right. Uh, that's why. So, yeah. I, that's why and, I can't and, even number yeah, this we one. We can we can talk for a long time on that one because it'll all it'll all be out. It'll all be out there. Uh, right. Right. Spoiling anything. So. Yep. So, yeah.